Shots Fired. What's up? This is Jeff Weiss. You're tuning to Shots Fired, a podcast about hip hop and motorcade police parades. This is a special episode. We taped it two weeks ago at A3C in Atlanta. And our guest for this one is Farah Monch, who was kind enough to uh, speak with us for the for the interview that we did. I'm sitting here next to No Can Do, wearing a vintage Montreal Expos cap, looking like a young Andres Galarraga. <laughs> I don't know who that is, it's but more he like a young cool. Andres da- Andre Dawson. They both sound cool, man. Andre Dawson was Serengeti's favorite baseball player ever. The uh, Hawk. <laughs> yeah, that's his name, the Hawk. Andre the Hawk Dawson. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawson's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like I, I might, you know, I might keep this hat. My buddy, I told you, I have a buddy who um, it's a good hat who steals a lot. Oh yeah, you know, every time I go over his house, and he just gives me like a soccer jersey or a hat or like a <laughs> you know some something. It's like the seventh grade all over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I have a homie like uh, who was a seventh grader. And now he's like, he would steal everything. Yeah. Like, DV, you know, VHS, back when VHS, it was like VHS, cassette tapes, whatever <laughs> you the, needed. Put yeah. the VHS. Whatever you needed, pants. he would get for you. And now he's like, like, Instagram, like 80 hashtags and into Jesus Christ. So, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, he was in. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he went from like the baddest dude, like, mm. went to Northern Arizona, like Ice Cube. <laughs> like, literally, like, was dealing drugs and had to go to Northern Arizona. Yeah. yeah he yeah. had to get out of LA. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, now he's like, it's either northern, northern Arizona life. or like or like <laughs> East Washington. And dude, I'm telling you, I, if I was a, if I was like a real like criminal and a horrible person and felt really guilty, I would probably turn to the church. Yeah. Like those those people make the best. Like you believe their stories when they're just like, look, Jesus literally saved my life. Mm-hmm. There was a guy with a gun to my head and an AIDS needle to my arm. Yeah, and you know, like like I feel that. Yeah. I realized that I don't believe in karma. I realized that this week. I think karma is like because I, I got my car keyed last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm at the gym. You know, like there's like a two double white line. Like sometimes in parking spots. So yeah, like yeah. I'm like on the first white line because the guy next to me parked an asshole, not over the second white line. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm all right, right. I come back, fucking my both my doors are just sliced. Yeah, like just like three feet. That's just mean. <laughs> who like I'm saying who still keys cars? Uh, I would imagine that if like steroids. I was gonna say like a chick on steroids on her period. Yeah, it probably was Timbaland for all the jokes that I made about him being on steroids. He probably <laughs> was at my gym, sipping a protein shake, making a beat with one hand, doing a bicep curl with the other hand. His yeah. ghost producer was, like, moving his fingers for him. I bet you Timbaland's ghost producer is really a ghost. <laughs> it's a ghost so, in the machine. It's actually a Leah. <laughs> exactly. Aww. Oh, Speaking man. of Aaliyah, I, I don't really like all these fucking rappers referencing like, oh, if Aaliyah, Aaliyah, like, Aaliyah. what would be different if Aaliyah lived? Nothing. No, it's not that. No, I Nothing. think it's just sick that you want to fuck a dead girl. That's <laughs> a, <laughs> it. Is, it is Halloween month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, spooky. <laughs> but no, like, I think it's gross. For I, I think it's gross. Like, like she she died right. And I know she was hot in her videos. Even like I don't know, man. It, you know, it never it's not mind. one eye. It's that one eye that gets you. It was the one eye. She was undead. And then, and then you know, the thing that said she was cock-eyed because she had the hair covering her one eye. Was she? That's what everybody says, that it she had, like, a, a lazy eye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that we're, it's Halloween and we're talking about dead girls, you know, Selena, she had the fattest ass in the world. Like, J-Lo's ass was not even that fat. So really? I'm, I'm doing worse than all the other guys. Are now. you Are you famous? Are you trying to get <laughs> Anastasia to dress up as Selena? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, honey, no, not at all. It doesn't really work, but... 
Yeah. But have you seen like the original Selena? I've seen- only seen her from the waist up. Oh my god! <laughs> like like J Lo's ass. It was like the TV ver- the TV safe version of it. Like this is like. This was an ass before. It was even popular. Like, it can only be popular s- south of the border. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, it was the 90s, too. I don't think, like, anyone, out, you know. Well, that was before white people outside, had really discovered. White, yeah, yeah. White, before white people discovered. So maybe that's why. Yeah. I just did. Well, it wasn't even in my consciousness. Yeah. Although it was a little bit after Sir Mix-a-Lot came out when I was like, I think that maybe there's something more. Like, I, like I'm pretty sure that, like, when Baby got back, like, if Selena was still alive, that might have been her favorite song, like, that week. Yeah. Especially since she was, like, a black... Sh- no, she's, she's... Actually, she's a Mexican girl from Texas that didn't speak a lick of Spanish. And, uh... I didn't know she didn't speak any Spanish. She d- barely spoke Spanish. She's, I'm not as familiar with Tejano culture as I as I make myself out to be. My daughter's favorite movie is Selena. Really? My my middle daughter. She she thinks she's Mexican. I'm pretty sure Sure, one of her boyfriends is going to be, like, some Southsider that I have to, like... Yeah. At least you have Flacco for protection. Yeah, just like me, <laughs> like <meet> Flacco. <laughs> I have I have so many of those those scary uncles. Like, oh my god, it's gonna be on. Yeah, it's gonna be on if any any boys come to my house like with like that knucklehead thing. Like, oh no, like you. Just, I'm gonna sit them. At my a, dad's a rapper at a, like, oh, at a round table. And the kids are like, oh god, but, <laughs> like poor teenage kids. Like, what kind of rapper? Like a DMX rapper or a J Cole rapper? Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> like, <laughs> Speaking of soft J. Cole rappers, did you hear, you probably didn't hear about this, the Future and Drake beef, which, like, I hate to make happy, but it kind of makes me happy. What happened to the Kendrick and Drake beef? It's, I think that's both, I think it's still going on now. Oh, wow, dude. I he's, think, like, low, I think he's it's got like a, a war on two fronts right there. He's like Germany, baby. He's yo, like, he's on like, the eastern front. And yo, the, the moment front. the bombs come, everyone's going to the bomb shelter real fast with that one. Like, you might be able to take, like, a 43 year old common, but, like, you're not going to be able to take Kendrick. Future, I don't know. Future probably could come up with something because it would be, like, searingly emotional. Um, <laughs> future, I mean, we, we, we forget that Tupac wasn't one for punchlines, but made the best diss song ever. Yeah. No, so, that's true. like, like emotion wins all the time. Like Buster Rhymes, he's not like the lyricalist guy, but he'd be like, blah, 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 and he'd be like, oh, I feel that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, this is pretty, like, this is like the bitch move to end all bitch moves. What happened? So, that's why I don't be on the fucking internet, because I don't want to hear about random people's. I have problems with, well, like, it was started real on the people. internet. It started on the it internet. Started, of it started on the internet. Started on the internet and now it's here. <laughs> um, well, it it was on a story that was reported on the internet. Basically, what happened was um, Drake said, "I got the best hooks in the game." And Future was like, "No, nah, I got the best hooks in the game." Future said, um, uh, "I'm on that good like, cushion alcohol." Oh, he said like, "I got some damn women I could call." All right, continue. He said Drake. Apparently, like there was a private listing session in the Billboard offices. And one of the writers claimed, one of the writers who I know, she's a good writer, Eric Ramirez, uh, and uh, like a journalist writer. Yeah, she's like a journalist. Okay. Yeah. And she, I guess, quoted him as saying, Drake made an album that is full of hits but doesn't grab you. They're not possessive. They don't make you feel the way I do, which is very true. Who said that? Future? Future said that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's like, wow. Wow. It's like, wow. Well, if you, if he's just being honest. Wow. Wait, <laughs> say that quote again. He's being honest. Um, Drake made an album that is full of hits but doesn't grab you. They're not possessive. They don't make you feel the way I do. He basically said his album has no soul. Yeah. Because it has no soul. It's a manipulative, like, it's a manipulative, like, cynical, smart album. Mm-hmm. 
Like, because, like, again, like, you're not... I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. I get it. Uh, I, there's nothing... Here's the thing. I, I can say this. The future is made of me. He's probably just mad that he stole something from the bottom from him. Probably. <laughs> probably. But look, I'll say this right now. You deserve it and uh, and turn out the lights. Yeah. Hip-hop hasn't had songs like that no. in the past 20 years. Since Paperboy the Diddy. Since, <laughs> no, no. no turn, turn Out the Lights is like our modern day like Bonita Applebaum. This is the first like love, like truly like love song like that women just be like, oh, I feel that. I want to hear that. How can you not feel Turn On The Lights? And you deserve it. Let me think you deserve it. <laughs> When's the... I, I don't know when's the last time a You Deserve It came out. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there was, there's never been a You Deserve It. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, no. It, it like... It, it was it was one of your top five songs of last year. Yeah, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I forgot. I asked him that. about that, and he was like, "It's all true." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, everything." Your cousin did call you on the phone, <laughs> like, and he's yeah. like, "I wasn't even thinking about it till my cousin called me on the phone." Um, <laughs> so anyway, so he then he he apparently future was like he tweeted. Respect to Billboard. Disappointed I'm being misquoted. Always love for my fam, Drizzy Drake, but not before. This is page six reporting, so it's probably not true. But I'm just gonna say it's true, just because. Fuck it. Uh, he he told his agent either future gets fired or he'll fire him. Drake said that. I told his agent like was, that either if I, if the agent doesn't fire future off the tour, then Drake will do it himself. Whoa 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 whoa. My wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm pretty sure this won't fucking matter. But I was gonna try to get tickets to that t- that tour for like her birthday or some shit. Well, for like to see it was the mixture of Drake, Future, and fucking Miguel. Those it was those yeah. three acts, which would ensure that I was gonna get like you know like a, like a BJ on the drive home. Yeah, you know like that would ha- those, an enduring promise. Those three things <laughs> would happen. Just being honest. Um, yeah, yeah. And now it won't happen. No, you might get a hand job. <laughs> I might just get a fucking stern talking to. <laughs> yeah. So that he's off the tour. He was going to get paid forty thousand dollars each show. So he's suing Drake for a million and a half. So, but that's such a bitch move because honestly, Drake should have just gone to him man to man and had a conversation. It would have been done. Uh, all right. So, like on in the because uh, nobody really likes. I mean, people really like Drake, but I think like. They all kind of know he's a thief. Is my that's my gut instinct. Su- is su- Big Sean. He, has he stole su- a hashtag from Big Sean. He has success thrusters, just like yeah, Dane just Cook. Like Dane Cook. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. One thing I got to say is, you know, uh, you're working with somebody. You're on a team with somebody. Like you know, yeah. Like you you don't ever like like Kobe is probably a dick. Yeah, Kobe's a dick, yeah, right? Everyone knows that. No one's just like in the press, man. I don't fuck with that. No, fool. they do, but it's I anonymous. I don't eat lunch <laughs> like they anonymous. But, but you know, but they're not it's saying not, it it's to not journalists. A you know, they say that to their to their wife or say that to each other. Like you don't, uh, you know. Future said it was off the record, so I guess like that that was his point. Which to which it probably like, but there's also like the thing where like I've had some people say some crazy ass shit to me on the record, and then they'll be like on or off. On, but then like an hour and a half later, the book. Oh, you know that was off the record. But like, you have to say it beforehand. Like, you can't just be like, you know, like tap tap, <laughs> like an hour and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I don't. I you be like, all respect, do sir. <laughs> you, <laughs> just, you just can't say fuck your mother and then all respect, do and everything's okay. Well, that's why I like podcasts because you can just like all the off the record shit. Like, no one's listening to this shit. Like, no rappers at least are like, quote. 
Oh, it's going to happen one day one when day. all these are archived. Oh. And then, you know, <laughs> like, once people find out that these podcasts are, like, fuck, let, 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 let's fuck around and I make a hit record and then you write that hit book. And then this pod, everything we say right here will be used against us later on. Yeah. We will be, be ripped apart by the press and by our peers. I would like to tell everyone listening to this that everything we say is off the record. <laughs> <laughs> off the record. For the last 51 episodes, this has all been off the record. Got it? Cool. Um, uh, we, we should change this to off the record. Off like, the, the, the podcast should be off the record. It's a good My Morning Jacket song as well about like being shady. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, it's like, and I was, I never uh, heard My Morning Jacket because. It's a great song. Yeah, because the name is My Morning Jacket. It's, uh, but, um, so yeah. I was going to say Eminem has a new song too, and he mentions Pharaoh so I think we should play the song because it mentions Pharaoh Is it Rap it. Lord? Rap God. Rap Yo, God. No one can call themselves a god anymore this year. Like, Bass God already did that. Like, in fine, like, let him have it. I call myself the God of Hellfire. I don't call myself the God of Hellfire. Kanye did it. But I had, there's a sample that says, I am the God of Hellfire, that yeah. I put on some of my mixtape songs. And that was years ago. Yeah, I've been doing it for years. Like, yeah. years and years and years. So I now... You don't have a song called No Can Do God. Oh, no, not, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. M is a little uh, amazing... Pen wise, yeah, I just don't know what he's talking about. See, sometimes. I don't think he's even amazing pen wise. I think he's amazing in the way that he raps, like just rap, like just the ability to just, move his jaw, yes. the muscles that yes. that move the the things together, yeah. the jaw. Yeah. You want to hear this? All right, because I mean, he mentions Pharaoh and I, he, I I think actually like Pharaoh. We should play another Pharaoh song or two, like our favorite. But before we get, oh, we should play a couple Pharaoh yeah. songs. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, this is just this is the new one that leaked yesterday, and yeah, it's uh, it's a song. <laughs> Rap. Rap Look, God. I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Something's wrong. I can feel it. It's just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You just want the sign. I'm beginning to feel like a rap god. Rap god. All my people from the front to the back. Nah, back, nah. Now, who thinks that arms are long enough to slap box? Slap box. They said I rap like a robot, so call me rap box. But for me to rap... There must be in my jeans I got a laptop in my back pocket My pinnacle walk when I half cock it Got a fat knock from that rat profit Made a living and a killing Alright Ever since Bill Clinton So I feel like uh, Bass God His influence Still pokes his head out To the day To this day Um Are we, are we recording? Can you hear our voices? Yeah And With the chorus I'm beginning to feel Like a rap God I, don't, I feel like That's something that, that That the God would do and then the flow is very Kendricky. Yeah. But then again, Eminem inspired Kendrick a lot too. So it's kind of like chicken and egg. It's not chicken. It's it's like if the fucking if you saw if you, if you, if you saw the chicken if you saw the chicken eating an egg, its own egg. Yeah, the chicken. I didn't know you like eggs, chicken. And he's like, yeah, he's definitely got a little bit of the Kendrick flow. He also just like. He's boring. Like he's just rap. He's just basically like everything that was boring about like late '90s underground rap, but like rapping way better. Like 
He doesn't have, what, what is he saying? I'm gonna lay off of him for a second. I just know he's, technically he's rapping his ass off. And very few people can do what he's doing. I agree. Um, you, ha you have to respect him. You do. You have to respect him. He's lame now. He's old. <laughs> but, like, what are you gonna do? Like... Everyone's gonna get lame, like you know. Every writer gets lame. Every you think so? Uh, well, I think the best ones like stop when they're like Philip Roth, like stop at eighty. Like I think he's like I'm done. Yeah. But I mean, every Woody Allen's one of my favorite directors ever, and he's made more bad movies than anybody. But I think he made bad movies while he was making good movies too. Yeah, that's true. So that's like a he's like a it's a scientific process versus like having where M had like four, three or four great pieces of work for. A great albums have been max. Yeah. Unless you count some shady pig. I do. And I, I count Infinite as like a spark of brilliance as a young man. You know? But uh Maxine was a crack fiend, bro. <laughs> she wore black jeans. I don't know. But basically like song's still going. It's like six minutes. Yeah, okay, play something else. Um enough. <laughs> but but to be to be totally honest, man, like, you know, it. It, it's it like it happened to Wayne. No, it it's, happened worse to Wayne than Eminem. At least Eminem is still rapping really well. Yeah, it happened. Uh, it's kind of happening to Jay Z, but not really. It's dude kinda, hasn't rapped well since he got got back from retirement. Well, hey, that pound cake shit. I heard that last night or two nights ago or something. It was good. I like think that shit sucks. You know, cool. dude. That that chorus, that outro with all the cake shit, that's just some outro that he probably fucking freestyled. But the verse itself is tight as fuck, I think. Um, I don't know if I got that far in the Drake album. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, and everything feels sounds different when, you, when you're when like slightly buzzed, like, you know, in the back seat of the car. Did you hear it at or something? Nah, no. so I was getting, getting a ride home from the studio. My fucking car shit on me. My transmission yeah, just, just blew out. Yeah. So, like, I'm, like, on a hipster-ass bike around town. Like, it's kind of tight. Well, it's kind of good. I'm getting back in shape. I'm losing my dad belly. <laughs> like... Could be, yeah. That's why you look like Andres Galarraga. Yeah. Although he was kind of fat, so maybe it was a dude. I got I got fucking ten extra pounds that I'm not supposed to have. So yeah. I, by the time like by the time like my, my transmission gets fixed, I'll probably lose half of that and I'll be straight. But uh, but basically, it's ha kind of happening to Jay Z. It, I mean, it is happening, but way slower than I think. I think like almost all old rappers are terrible. It's sad to say, but like once you hit forty, you probably should retire from rap. You think so? There's a few exceptions. Slick Rick. I mean, we've gone over the Slick Rick mm -hmm. as an exception. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure. Like I, I, I'm sure. Like there are people that do. Rap is Andre rap. over forty? Andre three thousand. He's close. He's like thirty eight. But he like was like I'm done at thirty five. Like he'll still do sixteen bars. Yeah. Uh, DJ Nobody called him the Carlos Santana. DJ rap. Quick. Oh really? Yeah, he was like, he's like, every time he comes in, it's just like, I just need this guy to go, <laughs> and then like, it's totally. over. Yeah, DJ yeah. Quick can still rap, I think, really well. But the reason being is because there's pain in his life. Yeah. There's, there's struggle, and I oh. feel like as an artist, you have to have struggle. Sugar Free can still rap. He's probably seventy two. Dude, because when you're pimping, that's a lot of struggle yeah. to deal with, you know? Short. I, E40, he said 72. E40, yeah. E40, God knows how old he is. 72 in meth years. E40 still raps. I mean, there are guys that rap well. I mean, it's not like you should have to, but like... But e E40's one of those dudes that's like immerses himself with like family and still stays. He's like community oriented and still at least has his ear to the street. Yeah, I guess that's... Eminem like, and Jay-Z. How could they? And at least see Kanye, look, Kanye is still, I know you hate Kanye, but he's still good, it. right? But his struggles 
are about fucking jogging pants. I don't hate Kanye. It's leather just, jogging pants. He's just insufferable. <laughs> His struggles will never die. No, like, yeah. Because he's just like, I'll have them with anybody. Like, yeah. You know? He's like Kanye. It's like, he's not really like, I am a god. It's more like, I am a king. Yeah. And it's like, he thinks he's like a French, like, absolutist monarch. Like, I, like mm. who just like would be like, I can just imagine Kanye like screaming at somebody for, I mean, he is. He's screaming at somebody for not bringing a croissant fast enough. Like, yeah. that is Kanye's struggle. Yeah, yeah. Is like, racism and leather jogging pants. And I mean, what do you think about that? The whole racial racial element of Kanye doing that? Because I mean, what do you mean? Uh, he's just saying that like there's institutional racism that's basically barring him from going to the top of the fashion ranks. And I think it's more that he just is not a good fashion designer, and he's a, he dresses poorly. No, I, I think or I don't think he's. A good I don't. Guy. I don't. I don't know exactly like what what his issue is, but like as to be a to be a black person in certain fields to get as much uh praise from not even your peers cuz like your peers can all be like yes that dude's a black guy and he's amazing cuz he's one of us we're yeah. all designers totally. but from the outside it's really hard but to But he's be, saying it's from designers too. I don't he's know. saying like Hedy Slimane mm-hmm. wouldn't let him go to like the fat. He only could go to one fashion show, and it had to be Hedy Slimane's. Mm-hmm. And so like Kanye was like irate, like how dare you? I'm a god. Mm-hmm. Bring me croissants. I don't <laughs> know about Kanye's skill, but I I do think that uh, you you know to to be a successful either, black person, you have to work black male. You have to work twice as hard as everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the rules. Yeah, I won't argue with that. <laughs> you know. So, uh, but but he did bring the fucking jogging, the leather jogging pants early, and nobody listened. I, I, but I, they're ugly. Who wants to wear a leather jogging pant? But you're, like, it's contradictory. But you're, but you're not. Leather is hot. But like you can't jog in hot clothing. You and I are not douches. We do not see why this is important. <laughs> <laughs> I like when I brought this up. I brought it up to my wife. I was like, "What the fuck is a leather jogging pant?" Do people really and this, wear a leather? Jogging and then she was like, "You never heard seen the leather leather jogging pants?" On men. I, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> she just pulled up a. Frank, do you have any? Do you have any background in this? Have you ever met anybody who wears leather jogging pants? But you have to be around the fucking douches. Like we don't go to those clubs yeah. where the, the where leather jogging pants exist. We're not on those sides. That that part of Manhattan or fucking Beverly Hills. Where the fuck they wear those? Where where, sh- where fashion goes to die? <laughs> we're where it starts. Fashion and, and cows and yeah. soul. All right, let's play pheromones. Like fuck all this shit. This is stress the extinction agenda from organized confusion, which was Faramont's first group before going solo. Faramont seems like the type of guy to go, go solo, yeah, and just like just literally just like I'm done. Yeah, he's a, he's really one of my favorite rappers of all time. He's always been one of my favorite rappers too. He's like he's like the East Coast Mike and Nine kind of in a way. And he's Mike and Nine, Andre Farrell. Yeah, these are guys that rap better than rap could have been imagined. Yeah, like I have never heard. I, yeah. And that's, I think, why Eminem mentioned it. Pain, stress, my brain can't even rest. It's hard to maintain the pressure on my chest. Excess frustration strikes. Blood rushes my head when I come to Shout out to Prince Poe. I spend a lot of time with Prince Poe. Me and him have a mutual friend. Yeah, he's a beast. Off the record, I will say... <laughs> Off the record, that train life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I t- no, no, I'm no. just kidding. I'm absolutely kidding. not train life. I just see. You know how I know my wife doesn't listen to this fucking podcast because <laughs> she hasn't said shit about train life. To I've me. heard shit about train life. <laughs> oh, see, you're, <laughs> like, you're lucky. Yeah. 
My people don't even know that I have a podcast. Dude, my cousin, I brought my cousin, like, I, like low-key, like, I'm secretly cool to, like, <laughs> to like certain people, like, who know my family. Low-key, like, I'm certainly not cool. <laughs> you, I know, but I'm pretty sure the people, like, your, your girl thinks you're, like, amazing, you know, like, people around you think, like, Jeff is a powerhouse of, he's gonna be somebody, <laughs> right? Dude, my cousin, I brought my cousin to my studio, and he was just like... Man, when you gonna get your own studio? I was like, bitch, this is my studio. <laughs> and then I have this like, you know, podcast going on for fifty two weeks, you know, fifty one, fifty one <laughs> weeks or whatever. We got fifty two weeks of shit, you know, uh, recorded. We should stop because her much is rapping. Do you even in my human form the message? Why do you choose to mimic these whack MCs? Can we turn this up? Why must you believe that something is black just because it's played on the radio 20 times per day? My perception of poetical injection is ejected. You're asking me a lot of questions. The immaculate conception, the whole hawker who stalks bodies in Central Park. Soon emergency services outline that body and jaw. Then I begin to walk away and spit. Then when I walk away, I talk shit. Huh, I just afraid my face would make. She didn't know that I enjoyed the taste of radio whack the face. When I'm in the backseat of your midtown taxi, don't even ask me for the cash key. The four cabs before didn't pick me up. No, ask yourself who the fuck's gonna stick me up. Uh, I don't know what the song is called, but it's it's from Feral Monch's album, and it has M O the album on Ruckus, and it has M O P oh, yeah. on it. It's called No Mercy. This is my favorite yeah. joint. This whole album was like in college. It's like all we listen. To. I'm an album cut guy. I've never attracted the singles, but this is like the best. Stress. Album cut. I, I mean, as a Jewish person, <laughs> this is like <laughs> it's the best. You're like, I'm so stressed. This song understands me. That's where we connect, my friend. Yeah, like can't handle this. Any song with MOP is the best song. <laughs> oh, dude, this was Blow! I love MOP. This, this is us riding around in LA, like fucking in in the fall or whatnot, in the homie Z. This is I don't know. We were just actually we were turned up when this shit came out. With my SP For sure, fuck the Trinity. Eliminate the Earth now. Sing the virginity. In my vicinity, rats like energy pads. Send me back behind enemy line. The rat too melodic. Melodies never melodramatic. I wish I would have brought this shit up to him when we were interviewing him, man. I think this verse has influenced me more than any verse in hip hop. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's one of those like seven seal kind of verses where you're like, you're like, that can be done. Yeah. That cover is cool too, where he's like in a lake of fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's kind of dramatic, man. He's a, deep, he's a deep guy. Yeah, he is. Like, like I don't blame him for. Like, he was pretty forthright, but. Yeah. It's time to turn up right now. I'm like, I might throw chairs in the airwolf outfit. Ah, hoax smash! I'm like, I hate comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show you how to stretch a 
Do you think MOP have ever meditated? <laughs> what would happen if MOP meditated? The earth would rumble under them and they would go in a sage mode like Naruto. I mean, it's They have the best sound effects, bro. They, they were the like best. guns. <laughs> Like, I don't care how much Brownsville gentrifies, it will always be terrifying in my heart thanks to MLP. <laughs> hey, yeah, I think, I think I wouldn't even know what Brownsville was if it wasn't for them, man. It's like... Top 10 greatest group ever, for sure. Yeah, 10 the greatest? Yeah. I like the ninth greatest group of all time. They, I heard that they arbitrary. I heard that they were kind of illiterate and they would just record all their shit like on the fly. Not freestyle. I know, but who, you, I know who you heard that from. From Mike, <laughs> Mike Eagle, right? No, who no. said that? It's from our uh, other engineer. Oh, from oh from Torres Scott. Shout out to Torres Scott. <laughs> but he said that they were she, former G Unit employee. Former Scott. <laughs> oh my god, when he gets on, man, it's gonna be crazy. Hey, hey man, when Torres get on, it's gonna be crazy. But <laughs> uh, this is uh, all right. I, this is oh, this is one of my. Sorry to interrupt you. But but you know they're doing it off the cuff. This was a, this was a Cella Dwellers when after they changed their name to the Dwellers, and they did a song with Pharaoh and <laughs> Prince Poe. And this is always one of my this is one of my favorite Pharaoh verses too. I'm I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, shit is dope. I also thought Solid Dwells were real under Phantasm, the lyrical emperor Tempting y'all with telepathic messages That I'm sending y'all Minds I reach from scripts I preach like Jim Jones This guy has Has Kendrick's speech impediment It's like 94 when they came out though I know but like his, This was 2000 when this came out This guy right here He has Kendrick's speech impediment Like he has the The slight like The thing he has a lift the, Yeah he's got that <laughs> He's got that soft-spoken, like, slight lisp, like a 15% lisp, a 5% lisp. Right. <laughs> yeah, just wait till Pharaoh comes in. He's just like, it's crazy. It's like dorm room banger. <laughs> dorm room banger. Cinematography, state of mind. What I visualize will open the eyes of the blind. I feel like he should have, like, a head wrap and, like, be dressed like fucking the Sizzler. In uh, in Jamaica, when he recorded this. With Jesus Christ. In other words, the words will last forever. Word forever, blessing the mic. Revolved, you never heard. For any possible typical optical trap, despicable, my topical raps, remarkable, perhaps sparking a few beautiful ads to park in the back and participating. But where the cool education? Yeah, I don't mind layer floats on air. You want to play one more? A sip from the mist. Uh, yeah, let's play this. Actually, I was like his verse. Of, oh, oh no, is like it's it's famous, but it was my favorite of his. Nah, man, you know I'm a sucker for love, man. I want to hear the, it, the song "The Light," <laughs> the light. which Common came out with the song called "The Light," but I think this song is a better version I'm of a, "The Light." I'm always like, no offense to Common, not like he would ever listen to this, but I, you know, common, I'll prefer a Pharaoh. Common Mark is song. probably this is probably the last episode. He's probably listened to all of them. <laughs> this is the last <laughs> one with his fucking juggernaut dome, his Professor X head, his <laughs> woolen shorn head. Yeah. 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 Common Common should play the Black Professor X if there was an alternate universe. <laughs> Great song. The video is cool too. No better use of Spanish guitars in a hip hop song ever. Oh, you was like the earth twisted around her. She's your 
This and uh, Miss Fat Booty is like when backpackers learn to love. Excuse me, can I have your number, please? I'll get on my knees if I have to. The whole episode just to I had it locked. No cock locking, please. This one's mine. Dime piece and shit, son. Shorty was fine. Every line of mine was like a rhyme. I wouldn't lie, I swear. Sparkling the whole time as I was still here. This is what all my love songs are. This is all this. <laughs> you stole everything from Monster. This is just. I learned to. I learned to pour my soul out from these dudes. Let me introduce myself. Also begin so that you can further understand what I say. I took the slack swallow with a grandma yeah. It slid her to the dance floor and now she's like, wow. Oh damn. Money got style. Funny how things change when you got a little liquor in you. You put it with the tongue, giving me liquor now. Lock the music and the people out to admire the love. The nerve of us pervious to the entire club. Like marijuana shotguns, let's throw this joint. This point is to What? He was clever with that. You know what, dude? Now, like, you. I don't know, man. This is like this kind of music. Like, you know, this, this made me feel as as a as a young nerdy smart kid or a smart kid. It made me feel like, oh shit, you can be cool and be a rapper, and you can use big words. You know, like you could be like. The not the typical kind of dude. You know? This is before his time. Well, I feel like he's one of those dudes that like a lot of rappers probably don't name drop because they want to keep it a secret so they can steal from him without everyone knowing. Oh yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah, you know. So, I mean, he's well, yeah. We should just uh, go in and play the interview that we did with him. Yeah, might as well do it. Right, this cool. shot's fired. Oh, uh, before we do that, I just want to plug myself. Uh, I have a show. If you're in LA, I have a show at the Echoplex on Sunday. At 8.30, it is $5. Might be free, I'm not really sure. But it's uh, myself, No Can Do, Intuition, Open Mike Eagle, and Dumbfounded, a.k.a. Parker, Jonathan Park. Uh, yeah, so it's daylight. We started up again, so yeah. Now we can go into it. What's up, AC3? How you guys doing? All the people in the room. Yeah. How are you feeling? You, you guys good? My name is No Can Do, and this is Jeff Weiss. And we have a podcast on the Earwolf Network called Shots Fired, where we, uh, they fucked around and uh, gave a rapper and a journalist the liberty to just talk shit all day. Drunkenly, sometimes stoned. Yeah, and... Uh, then they fucked around and flew us out here to do it in front of you guys. Uh, thank you guys. Anyways, thank you guys for coming to see the spectacle. Yeah, thank you. We're, uh, we're sitting here next to Farrell Monch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jamaica, Queens. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Greatest rappers to ever live. You're uh, in a lot of top fives, bro. you are. <laughs> I want to embarrass you publicly. <laughs> be like, do you know that you're like when you walk into a room and you're looking like at a bunch of young rappers and you're like, I'm in your top five. I'm in your top five. I'm in your top five. <laughs> Fathered your style. I mean, um, you need to put some more more on his mic, Brody. That's yeah. a yep, yep, yep. Hey, hey, hey. One, two, two. Okay. I mean, that's just that's a blessing, man. I'm thankful. That's real humble of yeah. you. Is that is that is that real humble or fake humble? Is that real? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's real, man. That's that's me. 
Do you ever hear remnants of your style in new and newer guys? Um, I mean, from time to time, but but that's hip hop, you know. Mm -hmm. Things or, or or things that you did years ago coming around again. So mm -hmm. all the time, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was gonna ask. Uh, you know, I was very curious about you growing up and kind of starting to rap in, in Queens, like in the mid-late 80s. Well, I mean, what was this? Were you, how did you kind of get started? Were you just like freestyling at school or? Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, this art school in, in Manhattan called Art and Design where hip-hop was very prominent from the graffiti to the dance movement and everything was, was kind of popping off at the same time in terms of the whole entire culture. And I just was like, I got to be a part of this. So I hooked up with uh, Prince Poe, yeah. and we started the group, and it took off relatively fast, you know, faster than we thought. We, like, spent only a year, like, working on the craft before we got signed. You were working with Paul C., right, when you guys first got started? We were working with uh, Paul C., and Large Professor would be mm -hmm. in the studio, and all of those type of cats from, from Queens during that era, and in the... The later tale of that, you know, Nas and Fado and all of those cats yeah. was coming around from Barbecue and uh, Left Rack and all that was in the studio. So it was really dope. Did you have a favorite rapper when you were, like, growing up? Um, I mean, after I started trying to get my craft together, it was definitely G-Rap, you know. I feel like G-Rap is that dude for New York. Like... Like every everybody every rapper was a G rap fan. I'm from LA and we were all Micah Nine fans. Like I feel like Micah Nine is our cool G rap. Would you say that correlation is kinda correct? Same thing. Yeah. Just just the first person to do stuff that you've never seen done on a mic before, you're like it inspires you. So G rap is that dude. How did you guys end up on Hollywood? Because that was a Disney label. Um, Shout out to Hollywood. Yeah, man, we, we Recorded the demo. Uh, actually, Bobito Garcia was the first one to like touch our demo. He slid it through Def Jam's. They turned it down. Then Russell later came back with an offer. He got he got he got the vapor rub. Yeah. He got that vapor rub. <laughs> he yeah. shut down us and Nas. Bobito put yeah. Nas through as well. And then he came back and he gave us like a real crazy low offer. Yeah, and we wind up signing a deal in in L.A. with Hollywood Records. And now you're label mate of the Jonas Brothers. How do you feel about that? Because <laughs> that's the truth. And the individual artists, like, you think you can go back with that old relationship and maybe <laughs> and get a collaboration? Yeah, we be we be hitting them up trying to get our royalties now, and they'd be like, "What? Who? Yeah. You know, it's well, been I, so long. You know I, what I mean? You should just be like, "We're Demi Lovato, and we want our money." <laughs> I was going to say, actually, we, we, uh, Peanut Butter Wolf and Charisma signed to Hollywood, and he once told me that they were trying to make him into like a boy band. They wanted to make Did you, what, what kind of shit was, were they trying to tell you when you guys first signed? Well, the, the reason why we went. Can you turn that the fuck off? The reason why we, joking. why we went in that direction is because they was giving us free reign oh. back then. Basic was the, you know, the step beneath that. So they was giving us free reign. Again, at the time, it was like Naughty, Cypress. Yeah. I remember uh, Hollywood uh, shut Cypress down because they were using the N-word a lot in their records, and they thought it would be 
very controversial, being that they were Latino. But uh, but then they said we're niggers too, right? Then, Obviously, they yeah. went on to blow up, and Naughty went on to blow up. So, what's crazy about those records is like how they still sound very experimental and pretty wild. Like, was that sort of the intent from from the get go? To the first organized record was experimental because it just had to be. We we were forced into a situation when Paul C got murdered. We didn't have the guidance. He was like guiding us through on the production side. So at, after his murder, we would just like take it upon ourselves to just bring records to the studio and make songs up in the studio. And we were used to like, you know, the pre-production and doing it with him. And so that first album is like off the rip, off the cusp of us in the studio just like experimenting. All right, you got to give me the backstory because... I don't know the backstory. Who was Paul C? Paul C was like a swipe producer out of Queens. Very, very, very funky. One of the first people to like get into the meters and a lot of exclusive like James Brown joints, uh, chopping drums. He showed Paul C a lot and then Paul C went on. I mean, he showed a large professor a lot and large went on to show a lot of people how to chop drums. So, so a just, white man right. is a very integral part in the 90s hip-hop thing. That Real I, talk. Really? Yeah, yeah he gets Damn, that's tight. a lot. But that's he, tight. Yeah. And, um, you know, so people were still like looping drums back then, and they were like the first that I seen to make it an art to like really chop Taking drums. Taking pieces, and, yeah. And so uh, he did uh, Super Lover C. Paul C produced for Rock Him and G-Rap and, uh, you know, was doing work in the studio as well as engineering for a lot of great artists coming through. I think the major hits was like through Ultra Magnetic, stuff like that. So that's who that guy is. Okay. So at the time, being an insane Ultra Magnetic fan, him stepping to us and telling us he want to, you know, work with us and bring us to where we need to be, that was just incredible. Aside from that, we were good friends. We would go to the movies. We were just homies. And then um, we got offers from Elektra, and the demo got shopped around. We got offers. We were halfway through the, the, well, we had like five songs on the demo, and then he got murdered. Wow. I mean, wow. Hey, check this out. Were you recording all your music on tape? Like, was it two-inch reel-to-reel back then? Or was it like a four-track, eight-track? I mean? Uh... Back then, we were doing vocals to, I think, ADATS. ADATS, okay. Or maybe predating that. But then when we actually recorded, it was definitely two-inch. Yeah. yeah. So what's the process of that? I'm in the digital era. It's like space bar, mouse everything out, right? Like I've, It's like fucking Legos, bro. Shit is easy. <laughs> so back then, let's say, like how many times could you fuck up on a verse? How many times can you fuck up I mean, before someone got mad? The, the 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 illest thing was the edits. You know, with, with Pro Tools now, yeah. arranging a record is just moving stuff along. I can be off beat, bro. Exactly. I can, I can just move it on. Exactly. Yeah. I'd never do that, but, you know. Back then, if you, you wanted to do an edit, you actually had to slice the tape in half, and that could be like your whole career and album budget yeah. if somebody slices this tape wrong and does the edit wrong. That's why Suge Knight used to beat up niggas <laughs> in the studio. 
It's just crazy. I'm sorry. I get excited when I talk about that shit. I want to skip. I know you have a lot of official things to talk about. I want to skip to the raucous era, bro. Are you going to go to the raucous era? We can, we can go back and forth. I think our, the audience can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> you be want, fine. All right, cool. Yeah. So how, how did that, what's that situation? How did that start? How they approach you? Um, so I broke off from the group. That was a break. It right, stopped. Organized confusion and um. It was it through via text or how did you break up with that? <laughs> nah, we had a conversation. I was like, I need to. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> you know, so that happened. Okay, you didn't give me anything, but keep it continue, Israel. <laughs> so that happened, and um, I started looking for uh, independent labels. Uh, was in Brooklyn a lot, watching shows, ran into Talib Kweli and Mos Def. Kwa's the one who put me onto the label. And um, again, I've been fortunate. When I went there, it was like they signed me like that day. You know? Your reputation preceded well, you? That, they just did that? Or did they, they, they just Rupert hear the Murdoch money. They that uh, Rupert Murdoch money. Because one of the founders was Rupert Murdoch's son. Yeah? Yeah. They, nice, nice. Nice. So although it seemed like it was an independent label, they had millions of dollars backing them. Yeah. yeah. That is a common occurrence, I feel like. that. Yeah. Like A lot of people shout, indie, indie, indie. I've always, once I found that out, it was like finding out Superman is gay or finding out, like, you know, Santa Claus isn't real. I was just like, <laughs> you know, this is, you didn't know Superman was gay? All right. All right, whatever. But, like, you know, so is that exactly like what made that shit stick? Is like they were able to pay these artists like you know, uh, like good advances and actually work indie records like major records. Is that what made it pop, or or is it just the pool of talent? What do you think it was? Um, they had the uh, the money to put back in behind some of the songs when they got to a certain level. They had the money to sign some of the artists that they wanted to really sign. Mm -hmm and kind of beat out a lot of other independent situations. And yeah. I mean, if you look at the, like the, those early sound bombing compilations, the lyricist, I mean, they had everybody. They, I mean, paying for Cool Keith and, you know, like a bunch of, I don't know, everyone. Last Emperor. <laughs> a lot of, like, rant. But so how, was, uh, you were doing singles at first. You dropped a few singles, like, before Internal Affairs came out on Ruckus, right? Yeah, we were doing uh, those sound bombing songs. Yeah. So um, I was asked about the mayor. How did yeah, the mayor, what, what was the inspiration for the mayor? Um, Rudolph Giuliani. Yeah, man. I mean, I, mean I, thought, I didn't know if it was Koch. It was it, <laughs> it was crazy back then. So yeah. it was simple. I just hey. wanted to tell a crazy story about how I would kill him if I had the chance to kill him. <laughs> they <laughs> for, all right. Look, you guys' politics in New York in like the late 90s fucked up my whole young 20s in LA we start getting you guys police chiefs and, and all yeah, kind of got, things we got Braden. you guys have like secret spy taxi cabs it was I've crazy, seen a man. dope boy turn into a cop in front of my eyes on the 10 freeway before and that shit <laughs> I talked to New Yorkers they're like oh son it just happens like that's fuck and it all came from Giuliani uh, that's friends. real man it was crazy man the crack the drugs the Police brutality. The it was just an insane time, man. It was crazy. 
Yeah, Giuliani reminds me of the guy, the bad guy from Judge Dredd or some shit. But he's really, he looks like when I, you know, you know, the presidential races. I was like, oh, he looks like a likable dude. You know, was that was that his thing? Like, was he like a slick politician that just had some hard lines, or did he come into New York like I'm going to change this motherfucker? He was just a Republican. Like a, I heard Martin Luther King used to be a Republican. Well, he, was though, a, so, right? he was like you a know? he was like wasn't he like a, he was a lawyer in I think the prosecutor's office. Oh yeah, I think so. Oh well, yeah, I, attorney He's general. Attorney, yeah. he was an attorney general, district yeah, attorney. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. How did, did you feel that? Like, how do you think like the political situation in New York changed the rap that was coming out of New York at the time? Um. Yeah, there was a couple of records concerning. Uh, the governor and the mayor at the time shift to from a democratic to a republican situation and uh they started coming down on laws in terms of uh you know music too loud in the car and i forgot what they called the law that's racist fuck but it was just crazy it's and master uh, ace law we felt the pressure so yeah. people started making records what do you think about, you know, kind of related to it? What do you, there's a lot of discussion, obviously, about New York now, how it's kind of become, like, unaffordable for everyone, anyone to live there, pretty much. Kind of how do you feel about how that's changed? And I mean, it's, it's forced upon you. It's not uh, covert anymore. They're literally saying, get the fuck out of the city if you're middle class. We only want tourists and millionaires. So, And that's fun, isn't it? Hey man, yeah. How do you feel it's about real? That? Yeah, no, a parking a- ticket is like a hundred and fifty dollars. Wow, that's weak as fuck. There was an article actually. Uh, I think it was in the New York Times about how like people are working multiple jobs and still living in homeless living in homeless shelters. Cause, like, because a one bedroom apartment in East New York is like a thousand dollars a month. It's pretty crazy. What's the minimum wage there? If that matters, I don't just to. It's still three seventy five now. <laughs> What was the minimum wage when you first start working? Three seventy five. <laughs> I started off at five fifty five. Like five fifty one or something. I don't know. Five bucks? I don't know. What what is it now? What was your first job? My first job I had as a uh salesperson in uh Macy's department store. Really? In what? Queens? Uh no, Manhattan. Okay. What did you sell? What what were you selling? Were you like selling like were you like selling shoes? Were you selling suits? I, I worked in the in the toy department during the holidays mm. and that was probably like the last job I had. Really? Well, what <laughs> what year was that? What year was that? Uh shit, man. I don't remember. I do remember what made me leave the job. Was it a record deal? No. <laughs> this lady insisted on a um on a doll and we didn't have it in stock and I went back there and I would just tell people I was looking for what they was asking for and I would just chill out in the stock room all day and that's so that, that's so niggerish nine to five wasn't for incredibly me incredibly niggerish of you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. pretty much I have an interesting story about a job that I had not that anybody <laughs> cares it was a job interview at Centinella Pet and Feed over on the west side over by, you know, Pico and yeah, Sepulveda. Right next to the old Flaky Jakes. Yeah. So basically, I went into the interview. I was like, well qualified. I, you know, I used to wait tables and all this shit. I went in the interview and, uh, you know, 
turn in my resume and all that. And then the lady, she kept asking me about like, so what will you do if you have uh, really hard to deal with customers? And I was like, ah, you know, I just, you know, I have a lot of patience, so I'll, you know, deal with them, you know, any way that I need to. And she's like, no, what will you do exactly? Then she, she basically mind fucked me. She became a hard to deal with customer. And I was like, look, if one of those crazy fucking cat ladies come in here, <laughs> I'll just tell him to get the fuck out and go to fucking another store. And then I didn't get the job. Last time I looked for a job. Let's go. I was going to ask, you were briefly uh, working with Shady Records at one point, right? Or is that... Uh, Was that a rumor? I was working with an associate in uh, Denon Porter. Who's tight as fuck. Right. Uh, That was like in between record deals and then uh, at the end of Raucous. Mm -hmm. Raucous folded and I got a bunch of offers again, and Shady was one of the situations. But since uh, it was complicated, the major part of the deal, I was still connected to MCA and all these other companies, and they really kind of stopped the deal from happening. When they went to MCA, did you feel... I mean, because a lot of the the artists on Rockus, you know, kind of made more... They made radio. A few of them made radio records. Did you feel like a pressure to make a radio record at that point? Uh, not really. I think that's kind of why things went sour. Yeah. I was staying in my own zone, and they were moving forward off the success of the Most Deaf record and the Simon Says record, and they were going more in the direction of what was current. Yeah. What was current at that time? Like, ja what was Rule? Ja Rule? Yep. Like, and is that the time when you made Agent Orange around yeah. that time? Agent Orange is harder than any of that. Those, those that that was on the downswing. Right? That yeah. that record, I feel that's yeah. That record was a really dope record. You know uh, what? Did that come out on? Was that on Shady or was that on MCA? What was the deal with that? That was still um, raucous, but they were transitioning, so it got dropped as a white label. And the funny thing about that record is uh, uh, the group Sara. Produced the Shafiq Hussein and oh boy that does Tisa right now and um I'm thinking it's just like this political witty record that I'm doing and the record Raucous loved it it went past them all the way to Universal all the way to Iovine and they were really going to green light that record at one point Mm -hmm. then it fell through why did it fall through yeah yeah explain uh, you know, don't, it was told. Uh, it was told to me that that record couldn't be supported at Black Radio. And it couldn't if, be. It couldn't be. It couldn't be supported at could radio. Be. No, couldn't. Couldn't. And if I was wasn't a black rapper, that record might work because Black Radio wouldn't be able to understand that record. So knowing this, right, and you've been told that. Do you understand why Kanye gets all mad all the time? Are you, are you one of those people that be like, oh, you're just crazy? Or do you be like, they really don't like when niggas do certain things out of their box? Like, <laughs> I understand some of his frustration when it comes to certain things. Yeah. But what about the fucking, you know, the, the leather jogging pants when he was really mad about that? How do you feel about that? That's, that's the part I felt most. Yeah, you did. He's, we were talking about this last night. I was like... I don't even I like I did leather. not understand his frustration when it came to the leather jogging pants. But let's say the leather jogging pants was Agent Orange. <laughs> let's say that. How about that? Yeah, yeah that's frustrating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, I was going to ask, uh, I mean, hurt. Simon Says, I think, did get a lot of radio play and, and still does. And then obviously, I know this, there was the lawsuit with the sample. How, what, how, sample what sample is that? 
You don't know the sound. I am. I'm a fucking DJ or <laughs> Godzilla. Godzilla. Okay, cool. I mean, um, uh, at the time, it was it was like I think 84 radio stations playing hip hop, uh, and the record made I think. 79 stations across the country and were the five radio stations that didn't pick it up did you hold it against them (laughs) i was i was i was elated i didn't hold it against them i would have but um lady luck did though uh it wasn't even a radio play that that uh fucked up that situation i actually bought them the samples they had a ridiculously fucked up legal department and Ruckus had a, fucked up with all that Rupert Murdoch money. Exactly. That's stupid. And they didn't clear it in the beginning, so that's the real issue. So after it got massive, it was in uh, Charlie's Angels and all of that is when people came for their money. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I got served. Were these real Japanese businessmen that just they just made business? <laughs> they just like. No, we like hip hop, man. Uh, I'm about to be racist. Let me stop. Do you get that. the knock at the door? Stop like, I, actually, I was mowing the front lawn. <laughs> oh shit! You're real man comfortable. Came up to me and said, "Are you Troy Jameson?" And I was like, "Yes." And he was like, "This is for you." Oh, <laughs> yeah. You thought you were getting divorced, huh? <laughs> it's crazy getting served, man. Getting sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How do you deal with that? Uh, like, lawyers. Lawyers? <laughs> so, the, all right, did you have a publishing situation or were you in control of all your publishing at the time? Um, I think I had a publishing deal at the time. I'm not quite sure. But in the suit, it was the distributor, Priority, mm-hmm. uh, Raucous, and me. Did so. you make the beat for that? Did you make the beat for that? Yeah, I did. I produced it. Mm-hmm. I feel, I, I, you know, I didn't realize this until recently that, you know, I was curious, how much of those early uh, organized confusion records did you produce, and how much did Poe produce? It was a pretty even. It was pretty equal, and uh-huh. Rot was together, and I would bring him something, and what I did, be like, what you think about this beat? You do the same. We both had, you know, equipment at the time. How do you feel being in a group made you better, and how do you feel it made you worse? The group situation, um, I was able to, like, just go bananas with the ideas and the concepts because of the because of the group and because of what, where we were coming from mm-hmm. and the collaborations is just dope and live is dope because you have a partner on stage and then solo is also dope because there's no collaborations and you no compromise right it's yeah. no yeah. compromise so. yeah i just wanted to ask about oh no the the nate dog and most what, what, did you guys get in the studio did you ever meet nate dog yeah, yeah, we flew out to uh, L.A. There goes that Rupert Murdoch money again. <laughs> <laughs> we flew out to L.A. We shot this high yeah, price video. And we got That's the, the classic Rupert yeah. Murdoch move right there. What, to fly you out to L.A.? No, to pay uh, Nate Dogg to be on that song. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, uh, we got the beat. Uh, Rockwaller did the beat. Most called me, kicked his rhyme over the phone. And he also came up with the idea, actually, of having um, of having Nate Dogg on the song. So, at the time when he told me, I was like, "This is kind of strange. I don't know how this is going to sound." But flew out there and found a Nate. He killed it. So, what was what goes on? In the, what went on in the studio? Like, 
Um, Nate is just, he, he was insanely work ethic and serious about his business, and I went on to work with him mm. further on his projects, but he was just serious about the music, serious about the choruses, and, and just an incredible artist. I remember being inspired by being around him. So are there like unreleased Nate Dogg and Faramont songs? Um, that's a whole other story. I, I, I must find them. <laughs> I was in LA working with Nate and Dre, and we did work on a couple of things. So, really? Yeah. When Dre's vaults come out, it's like the Neil Young archives where it's like you know, yeah. 50 years of... Yeah, I, I heard that that basically detox is just all you and then Dre beats. Is that, is that what it is? And it was done in a, in a rehabilitation center in the valley. Is that true? No, that's not true. I heard that it was Nate Dogg on just the ad libs because you were trying some new things. Is I that know. true? No, that's not true. I heard that you brought skateboarding to rap. Is that true? <laughs> Oh man! I was gonna ask uh, also about. Um, what was I gonna say we were, uh, the running for Puffy, and I know you get asked that a lot. But how did like was that? I mean, you, I guess not because you probably you've been able to put yourself in a bunch of perspective from the bullet or you know an assassin from the mayor. But how does it? What what's the process like when you're getting into Puffy's head to write rhymes for him? Again, man, it was it was bug because uh, he he invited me to, to write for the record. But he also, you know, he played me the music first, and um, he started playing me Havoc beats and Alchemist beats and yeah. Mr. Porter, and I'm like, shit, I'll take these beats for my album. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't That's the hard part expect. about ghostwriting is like you want to keep everything for yourself, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, uh, no, sorry. It was easy for me to write to the beats that he had, you know, yeah. and he wanted me to do me so. So, like, with that shit, did you have to, since you already talked about it, did you have to sign a confidentiality clause, or was it just, like, known, like, I'm writing for this project, and you're just a part of a team, or was it just, you were the sole dude writing for this shit, you know? Oh, for that album, he hired a lot of writers. Yeah? Uh, everybody was, you know, there. And uh, the thing that uh, made it unique is that I was like, I'm not going to be a ghostwriter. I need to be credited, so yes, credited on the album. Mm -hmm. Because you weren't like 18, I think that's why. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like young nigga. You're fucked. <laughs> Thirsty nigga. You're fucked. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I was gonna ask also about um, one of the things like I admire a lot is, is that you've been you're very open about like talking about like uh, mental health issues and depression and like a lot of, I feel like in hip hop that's sort of a taboo kind of thing and I was wondering why you think that is. Um, I don't think it's hip hop to be in a position of compromise or whatever. So you know I think it's coming to the forefront now with. The soldiers, and I think it's also always been an issue with Gucci and impoverished nature. <laughs> with Gucci, that's what we're getting to. We're getting to Gucci. Let's get to it. How do you feel, bro? No. no. <laughs> See, I told you they shouldn't have brought shouldn't us have, out We shouldn't have gone to the mall where he was slapping the people. <laughs> that happened at a mall? Yeah. That's Anyways, tight. continue. Tight. Sorry. Continue, sir. Gucci? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, they're like, you know, I was, I read an article actually this month for Double XL, and it was about kind of violence in hip hop, and it was about basically how 
there hasn't been a prominent uh, rapper really convicted of a violent crime in a very long time, even though there maybe is that stigma attached to it. But you know, there have been multiple suicides in the last couple years, which is sort of you know uh, not really talked about. And rappers committed suicide, like career suicide or real suicide. No, well, uh, Chris Lighty. Chris Lighty, he's not oh. a rapper, but uh, Freddie E was signed to Tiger's label, and and Capital Steez from Pro Era. Yeah, so that's okay. three. I mean, in in a sixteen month span, which is I yeah. feel like rappers are getting way more emotional than they ever have been, and in touch with that. And once well, you let those demons gonna, out, well, I was going to ask like, about yeah. that. I feel like you do you yeah. feel like there is a difference because I mean, you're like a song like Stress is obviously a very emotional song, but it's maybe not delivered in kind of the same way. Do you feel like there has been a change in hip hop in that way? All my answers are now Gucci, man. Gucci, it's May. Gucci. Gucci, May. May. Get that right. Mont, it's May. Do you ever, do you feel connected to niggas with two names as their rap name? Like, you know, Jay-Z, Gucci, Mane, Pharrell, Mont, Earl Sweatshirt, you know? Do you, like, do you, you feel a part of, like, like this, what, if with all these young, you know, new dudes, right? Who are you like, I fuck with that dude, he's tight. Don't give me no, like, you're gonna say Kendrick. I know you're gonna say Kendrick. That's a very political answer to say. But I mean, I think who, like, who is somebody that Pharrell Monch fucks with that we wouldn't expect, like, as an artist, you know, in the new era? Gucci. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, <laughs> the clothing line or the <laughs> Versace? Um, we're in Atlanta. Are you a Drake fan? Are you gonna what? What, what are you saying? Say? Nah, nah, nah. Um, Drake. Yeah, I think Drake's a good writer. I said, are you a Drake fan? <laughs> uh, nah, 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 I don't have any of his. Well, I, yeah, okay. it, was, it was actually, I did an interesting, RZA, I, I did an interview with last week and he answered it very diplomatically because I asked him about Wu-Tang Forever, which for me, like, I thought that was a real troll move to call it with a song Wu-Tang Forever and you're just like singing like a kind of sad love song over, you know, but he was like, you know, he, he was obviously taking it as an homage, and I asked, you know, Inspector Deck just did, and he was like, well, you know, Deck is the original Staircase MC, so it's kind of hard for Deck to kind of give him. I mean, do you, do you feel like that sometimes? I mean, being like obviously like a great rapper from a time when you kind of had to be a great rapper, you wouldn't really get put on. Um, is it hard for you sometimes to look at hip hop today? I mean, there are obviously great rappers, but a lot of the ones that are on the radio are pretty marginal. I mean, I mean, it's depressing. I went through the period of about five years ago where it was really just fucking horrible. But you look back at that era too, it was a lot of different variety of hip hop yep. as well. And I think, you know, it's dope shit now, you just gotta search for it because it's not on the radio, which was similar to how it was when yeah. they weren't playing hip hop in the radio in the beginning. Yeah, that's true, I mean, was I mean, did any of the organized confusion songs ever get on the radio? Yeah, 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 a couple of songs, it ended. But like, different uh, regions uh -huh. did extremely well. Because growing up in what's the surprising region that was like fucking with you, like in the worldwide, like you know, some people would be like, man, like in Burma, they really fuck with my music. Like, what's your what's your Burma? Um, yeah. we had a lot of uh, love in uh, San Fran, but I don't think that's surprising. But then some of the southern states, like uh, Virginia, North Carolina, were playing like "Walking to the Sun," and some of the remixes were charting. Radio-wise, so 
that I also, would bug us out. I also wanted to ask about uh, the jazz influence on you when you were coming up, because I feel like you know we were talking about Freestyle Fellowship earlier. There was clearly a jazz influence, but not, not necessarily in the samples, but in, in the actual way that they deliver the rhymes. And I wanted to ask, I know you mentioned John Coltrane and Eugene McDaniels in the interview, and I was curious how they shaped you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those cats, the flow-wise, were, I think, influencing me as an MC, as well as that's what the style was then. We were looping up a lot of jazz samples, so I think the vibe was there. Somebody mentioned yesterday that taking sampling away from hip-hop and going more live, you know, keyboard stuff takes away from the interpretation of what you would rap over when you use samples. So that's why I think in a lot of ways you got a lot less conscious music because nobody's really messing with those straight funk and jazz samples anymore on a whole, you know, in a great proportion. Uh, we, we probably got to wrap it up in a few minutes, but I wanted to ask you kind of what you're working on now and talk about that. Yeah, so the, the, the last record was War, uh, We Are Renegades. Yeah. My first independent record that I put out, you know, through my own company with my partner. And this new album is called Post Traumatic Stress Disorder. It like kind of chronicles me, but the struggle of being an independent artist, uh, you know, on an emotional, mental side, as well as the financial side of trying to push an entire independent label yeah. on your own. Yeah, yeah Chicago, he, he also runs an independent label, so. Uh, I'm the most sleepy nigga in, in the world. <laughs> I, got, got I, three I got a record label. I do uh, this thing called Low End Theory. Uh, I do this podcast I own a fucking recording studio and I rap myself and and I don't trust anybody to have them do anything for me because people are like in LA there's like some kids like I want to intern for you you know and like they just they Use, suck useless. they all suck they come out of school four years wasting mom's money and they suck for nothing exactly they, they, they're like uh, they're like I can google yeah so thanks yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel you. That shit is tiring, you know? When's that going to come? Uh, when, when's that supposed to come out? So we're looking at uh, dropping a single uh, in the November, an album in January. Cool. That's tight. I also wanted to ask, uh, you know, one, one more kind of question. You always kind of kill your guest verses. Are there a lot that you turn down? Because we don't hear that. I, and I, I imagine there must be a lot of people hitting you up all the time to rap on their songs. Yeah, if I, if I feel it... <laughs> I would. That would be like one what, of my is first that funny phone to you? Is that yeah. funny? That's funny. The manager is complaining about the lack of work. Yeah, because yeah. like I can't, I could never rap. But if I, if I was like, oh, I would, I would listen to a Pharaoh song. So you could sucker, you know, if you were a whack rapper. Makes sense. What do you, what do you feel about that? Like, should you take hella money for verses, or should you like hold your brand close to the vest and only like, like I feel like the Andre three thousand guest verse model is the best one. I believe it's just like, all right, I can, I can, I can smoke this dude. The, the music is good. And it's been a little, it's like three years since I did this. And just might as well just do it. Just embarrass people. And make news. <laughs> or, or do you feel like there's an other guy who's just like, I'm going to take drug money, McDonald's money, <laughs> label money. And then they're caking up too, though, you know? Exactly. Is it, you know, what I is mean, it? I just really need to feel the record, man. That's the most that's important cool, part? Man. Okay, cool. That's, all right. That's a good way to end out, I think. Thank you so much for coming. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf Radio. Boom.
The wolf dead. <laughs>